Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God. We want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, Post Sunday Podcasters? This is your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra, and this is a special episode here. We're excited. Um, we've done this before, but not with this individual, so we're really looking forward to uh, to having him on. But I'm here with my co-host, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What's going on, brother? I'm fresh off vacation. You are. Which is nice, but I'm here in time for the podcast, <laughs> only because That's of dedication. our guests. Only because of our guests. <laughs> guys, that's why I'm here. Maybe not because of you, even though you missed me with everything you got. But Whatever, because, bro. Because of our guests. Whatever. Uh, we are, uh, yeah, we're accompanied by the beloved, one and only Pastor PJ Charles. Up, what is up, amigo? Welcome, welcome. Feels good to be here. This, good to this, over under, this is the most listened to podcast just because PJ's on it. Oh, stop. Whatever. Um, <laughs> no. I mean, it's gonna have to compete. You're you the one with your brother. Well, yeah, and, and, but he got, he got his church to, to listen. In. <laughs> you so rallied everyone. So we, we we don't know. Although we have a bunch of outsiders that also listen now yep. and watch. Yep. And they're okay. like, "Who's PJ?" And they don't know who I am. They gonna find out real yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah, and then they're gonna get sucked into the love that his energy that he provides, which is which is no, contagious. No pressure. <laughs> it, it, but. but the only problem is he's using his Android. Oh, so the podcast oh my not guys. go the right no. way. And yesterday he tried, to, he tried to play that card. <laughs> he tried to sway. He tried Bro, to sway everybody. Overwhelming Android support. Any, any opportunity you get, huh? PJ's <laughs> the one that ruins every pastoral group text we send out. I don't care every about your blue bubbles. Look Listen. out, bro. Every teaching he's giving, there will be there will something be of Android and iPhone. I get royalty. An iPhone bash. <laughs> every video gets shrunken to like your pinky nail. And then he says, I can't see it. That's because you got the wrong device. So we just he doesn't know he gets excommunicated out of half of our text feeds. Because we can't sure get I him do. Stuff. I'm like, huh? Wait, He's probably bit, okay with that. <laughs> not, mad at it. not at all. <laughs> I told him uh, it shows his age. Anybody yeah. that says, I wish oh. I had my Blackberry, and, oh. and, and kids are I like, I said that last week. What wow. is that? You and Chad looked at me. It shows how I forgot how old you are. Old like, this oh. dude. Team Razor. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. It, it came after his beeper Dude, yeah. that he has. Hey, he would still have a beeper if I it was still relevant. Looking for it. I know I have it somewhere in the he house. Can't have Your it. wife has one. All right. If if he gave his wait a second, if he had a pager right now in, in his life, the way people have his cell phone number. Oh, he my would. man would be walking he around would. buzzing like all day long. Just, yeah. <laughs> It would never stop. <laughs> Look like he has a twitch while he's walking What's around. happening to you, man? It's all the pager oh, that just doesn't stop oh, buzzing man. on my man. This is so good. I'm going to dig it up. Oh, man. Up. This is awesome. But this is the type of conversation y'all go about to get. It's going to be a treat. This is um, what happens when we bring more pastors of Genesis into the podcast. <laughs> then then you, you sit and you go... How do they get any work done? Oh, how they it's so the true. It's so true. People don't realize we actually enjoy each other. Yeah, we They're do. They're like, wait, your pastors on your staff enjoy working together? Yeah. Because <laughs> I got a lot of friends that don't have that. No. They're like, I yep. don't know if I like my guys. Well, then why are they working <laughs> for you? I like my guys. <laughs> I got to put up with them. All my guys we don't, on this team. Listen, we don't have to put up with our our team we right. we love them we want to be here that's so right. That's right. coming to work is a treat All it's special so shout out to our producer stanton putting he in some good work house. for us these last Behind several the weeks so 
Looking forward to him Our uh, production growing. assistant is Let's in go. the house. Let's go. Riding the oh, high baby. cloud today. That's right, baby. Life is changing. Life is a song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, if you're new with us, welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast. You're wondering, what are these three lunatics talking about and what's happening here? I thought this was a Bible-based podcast. Right, right. It is, but we like to have a lot of fun. Uh, in doing it. And so um, welcome. Welcome to the show. We're super excited that you're with us. Uh, if you're following us on YouTube, thank you. If you're not, we're at YouTube. So at Post Sunday Podcast, YouTube.com. You can uh, check out our wonderful faces. Uh, if that's kind of your preference in in being able to to uh, digest all of this. But uh, also we're on Spotify and iTunes, uh, Post Sunday Podcast. And then for any content which has been quiet a little bit there's a lot going on all right a lot going it's on summertime. And then, <laughs> it's summertime but we uh we're gonna get some really cool things in there for you guys uh in the work so be on the lookout for all that so uh but anyways we're a podcast that's just really dedicated to the word of god uh, we're right now going through what we call the never-ending story. Uh, we're going through the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation, this full year-long series we're going through with the church. It has been received tremendously well, and we're so thankful for uh, just being able to study this together as um, a family. And so that's what we do here at the Post-Sunday Podcast. We go a little bit more further into Scripture, what we talked about in, uh, on the previous uh, teachings on Sunday, and we'd like to put some practical application. We want to answer any questions and really just get more deeper into it. And so uh, all of that's available for you guys at Genesis Church Orlando. Find us either on our website.com, genesischurchorlando.com, or youtube.com backslash Genesis Church Orlando for service times and everything that you can come check us out. So we're on episode 24. Uh, we wrapped up Ruth last week. And that was awesome, but we are kind of uh, we're, we're moving along here, uh, and there's some some different details that uh, we are going to discuss. But we're in the book of First Samuel, chapter eight and ten, um, and 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 what we're going to do here is talk a little bit pre as well. So there's some things that are occurring uh, before some of this stuff here. But uh, we're going to let Pastor PJ really lead the way here. He brought a tremendous word yesterday that we uh, just want to pick his brain on and really go deeper. In and so um, I'm excited. If you guys are ready. I'm ready to roll. Um, but yeah, let's let's get kick started in the book of First Samuel, chapter eight, one and two. There's going to be a few different uh, references of individuals that we're going to kind of talk about. Right. But uh, it was something that you really um, you did well with bringing some backstory on each one of them and how it everything tied in together. So talk to us a little bit of how you got things started because you had to cover some ground here. So it's it, it was definitely a foot race to, to try to incorporate a lot of things. One of the funny things that we do here at Genesis is we challenge each other is mm. I think all of us struggle with staying within our time frame. Now, historically, I was the worst, right? Johnny has since taken. <laughs> so let's so let's clarify that. Let's, let's clarify. Not all of let's us. Let's talk about no, you two. No, no, no. <laughs> you two. Listen, all right. Just because you're in charge doesn't give you the right let's to not, omit. Let's not to omit your misgivings in this area. <laughs> Tim will go a cool forty minutes and then be like, "I think it went well." <laughs> all right. So, but it's hard. And, and personally, my struggle, and I think Johnny's struggle as well, is that as we prepare, there's so much. And you're like, I want, I want, I want everybody to, to grasp it. You know, I yeah. want them to get the full, the full weight of what we're talking about. And you have to pick and choose mm. because you only have that limited amount of time. And, but this particular subject, there's a lot of backstory. You know, we can't just go, okay, well, Saul becomes king. Cool. Without talking about how it happened yeah. and where it came about. And and it wasn't just these these series of events. There's huge backstories to everybody that was involved in this happening. And so right out the gate, you know, I was struggling with how are we gonna open. I said, Well, let's just start with the passage. Mm. You know, and it was same first Samuel eight, uh, verses one through five. And uh essentially the elders of Israel come to Samuel and they're like, Hey man, you appointed your sons to be judges, which we know wasn't his job to do. God had appointed all the judges up until then, right? All 10 judges, including Samuel himself. 
However, he felt he wanted to appoint his boys for whatever reason, and his boys were falling short. And now the elders of Israel are saying, hey, we want a king. Enough of this judge stuff. You know, it's been nothing but problems for how many years? Almost 120 years of judges, if we did all the math. Wow. Right? Maybe 150 years total of judges. So the book of Judges from 1 to 21 into Samuel's 121 years. So that's something else that needs to be grasped mm. as we look at it, right? Yeah. Um, and so they've had... They're Phil. They're like, enough of this. It's it's not working. It's 120 years. It's a couple of generations, maybe three generations, and it's not working. And they blame it on not having a king, mm. which is super, super offensive to God, right? Um, and so the first part of the story is why does Samuel put his sons in this position? You know, What was it about? Where did that come from? Mm. And, of course, that points back to Eli. So that's why we had to go back a couple chapters into the beginning of 1 Samuel, and then even, you know, dip our toes in, in Judges a little bit. Um, but that's the key part, I think, of all of this, right? Because that's why we're calling this the never-ending story. Because the never-ending part means you can keep coming back to the stories, right. finding new pieces Yes, that inevitably when we gather, we don't always get to unpack, but that's the lifelong journey of discipleship is that you yes. keep coming back to the story. You keep learning mm -hmm. new things. God keeps revealing things. There's new connections you didn't know that make the story come alive in different yes. ways. And that's the beauty of you can't just read it one time. Right. So therefore when we're struggling with, there's so much, it's yeah. only because We've learned the story for so many times. We want to tell all in one city. Yes, yes. And we have to take our time with it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true. And, uh, and, and we also want to provide some backstory. Like, it's not just about really bringing this Wuha message, you know what right. I mean? Um, it's about really bringing some, a little bit of theology, uh, context into yeah. what we're talking about. Um, I don't think people really understand that point, like what what was happening historically, right? And so they they just eliminate that whatsoever, you know, completely. Um, but that plays a huge part in the way that these individuals and these central figures that we've known for so long did what what they did, or why they didn't do what they did did, or what right. what not. But um, you kind of went with uh, I, I loved. I mean, you started off. Why do we? Uh, do uh, what do we do when God exposes our frailty? Right. You you talked about insecurities and kind of break that down a little bit. So that's packed the, up. That's the second part of of teaching, and I think um, personally, I I want to not just teach the text, but I think like some of the reasons why people are so in love with the chosen series right now is because they have chosen to. I was redundant, but they, they have chosen to look at the individual people and then kind of just add what we know about human nature, mm. right? Cause human nature is so finite, right? We, we respond generally the same way to the same type of True. influences and things. Right. And so how do we add a bit of ourselves into the story so that we can really appreciate the relevance of what's happening. And so it wasn't just about the information, it was about let's look at emotionally what was happening. Mm. So I know in my life when God shines a light on something that I've been keeping in the dark um, about myself, my immediate response is to get defensive. A hundred percent. Who doesn't do that? When, when, you know, we say iron sharpens iron and, and here as, as a team, we love each other, but we love each other because we hold each other accountable and we're able to speak harsh truths into each other's lives. But that doesn't come naturally. It's yeah. easy to speak it, but it's not so easy to receive it, right? And it re requires a lot of humility, a lot of discernment, um, and, and, and a lot of love and understanding where it comes from when we are challenged with those things about ourselves. And so God does that daily, I think, in all of our lives. So mm. when he exposes that frailty, what do we do? How do we respond? Initially, we're going to get defensive, and we're going to push back against it. That's the automaticity of these fight, flight, or freeze responses, mm. right? It's, it's automatic. But God's not telling us to do that. He's saying, no, take this pain. Take this hurt because this is for your benefit at the end of it all. It's mm. only going to help you grow in spiritual maturity. It's only going to help draw you closer to me because 
all of those responses happen because of pride. Yeah. It's all an attack on our pride. And so that's what we have to address. And so that's what I was trying to implement as we were. So, you know, big task to put in 30 minutes. It just, is. I'm just saying. But it you did is. a great job I'm of bringing saying. your, <laughs> let's be clear, as, as Johnny was at the forefront, we, we want to look at it in its context first. Right. The, 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 the problem is not doing that. Right. You know, mm-hmm. however, inevitably there's the way that we learn things and understand things that will then play into how we receive the story. Right. So we have to weed through that a little bit. However, mm-hmm. with your your background now and your master's in counseling and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you brought kind of that that perspective yeah, into the story fantastic. of like, right. okay, as I deal with how people are thinking and I'm trying to think into the to the mind of why would Samuel appoint his sons? Right. You know, you were able to kind of bring that perspective just psychologically of mm how that might've been playing out. Once again, it's not that we know for sure, Mm -hmm. but we're just trying to grasp, yeah, what is it that makes this guy all of a sudden just want to pass the baton to his kids? Cause like I struggle with that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I have a son and a daughter, they want to be in ministry to some degree. I'm a third generation pastor. right? So like I'm, I'm fighting through, I don't want to just automatically just hand you this baton I'm trying to get them to understand you have to hear the calling of God. This yes. is not like, hey, my dad, my dad ran the the the, the car shop. Right. And so did my grandfather. And now I'm picking now up my I'm dad's trade. Right. Now that's a beautiful thing if it keeps passing down to my family that everybody wants to do some type of ministry. But I'm trying to get them to understand that doesn't mean that you have to become the lead pastor of a church, right? You know, as we learned at camp with these kids, you are a missionary in whatever you do, mm-hmm. disguised mm-hmm. as a mechanic, right. uh, whatever. When when you say God is calling me to pastor, you have to know you've heard that calling. Yet mm-hmm. there's a tendency where I want to pass the baton, right? And there's a tendency where I don't, and I wrestle with God, like God, are you? Are you wanting me to give it? Mm-hmm. And do I need to take it back because right. it's just me? Like, and you really brought like that perspective of like Samuel. What are you doing here? Right. You don't just automatically hand the baton to your kids. Mm. And it's a tough spot, right? Because I think what I wrestled with the most. I, I had spoken to Johnny about it. I spoke to Chad about it. It's a. It comes down to parenting, right? And 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 listen, I, you know already. You're standing in front of a room full of people. And you start talking about parenting, exactly what I'm teaching about is what people are wrestling with in those seats. So the second I say, what do you do when God exposes your frailty? And then I start talking about, and I'm putting it in air quotes, bad parenting, people get sensitive. It's a topic that they don't want to address. And that automatic guilt, fear, shame, it, it comes to place because we look at our kids and, and no matter what, you know, I, I said, my mom's turning 80 this year. I'm 51. She's still my mom. I'm still her kid, you know? And so she will always be my mom and I will always be her child. So there's always this level of parenting. It doesn't end, but there's always a, I could have done this better. Oh yeah. yeah. I should have done this better, you know? And we always have that feeling and worried that we're ruining our kids, you know? But the reality is, kids grow up to be adults and even though we put as much into them as we can they're still going to make their own choices and i think that's what we found with both eli and samuel right Mm. maybe they were being groomed for this job we don't know you know i find it hard to believe that two discerning men like eli and samuel would just put these wayward guys into positions that they didn't belong in i have to believe again adding the human element into it culture is a strong strong force to push against and it happens all the time we see churches fall all the time we see you know pastoral leadership crumble all the time under the weight of that constantly trying to push back against culture but sometimes culture just overwhelms eli's problem was that as god said he chose to honor his sons before him Mm. now that's a huge huge accusation something to look back at like you gotta you got to sit in that one for a minute and just go, he honored his sons before God. Yeah, but that happens right daily. Yeah, but let's be honest. Tell me what you think that's about. That's not biblical. I mean, it's just not, that's not just in the Bible. Right. That's happening right now. But 
right? But people give a point honor reference. their kids above God. How? All the time. How? Right? They let their kids dictate their schedules. They let their kids dictate where they want to be. If the kid grows up and says, I don't want to go to church, parent says, I don't want to force it on them, which is always funny because you right. force school on them. You force <laughs> sports on them. You, you, I mean, you Ooh. force grades on I'm them. Really come out the gate like that. And then you turn around and you wonder you say, why I don't want to force God on them. So you force everything, everything else, else except but, the most important thing. And that's the part where when he said that, even personally, I had to just go, okay, wait a minute. Right. This is, you honor, so it's not so much that you worshiped your, your children over God, right? Because that's what it kind of looks like, but it's more that you made everything else more important yes. than God. Mm. And in this particular We're instance- We're back to God and. That's right. the book of We're Judges. back to God and. Well, we have God, but we have this. Right. And we, we experience it here. Families that don't understand being committed in a church and what mm -hmm. that does for your family. Right. Instead, it is, I'll come to church when I feel like it. Right. Today, my family wants to go to the beach. Today, my family wants to go to Disney. Today, my family wants to go to Universal. Today, my family wants to go to SeaWorld. We live in vacation capital of the world, right? Mm -hmm. You can go to it all week long, but we'll choose the day <laughs> where on Saturday. <laughs> we could we could all gather and right. learn, and we elevate it because it's God and. Mm -hmm. Always God and, mm -hmm. instead of God above all. Right. There's there's the key that we're finding out, and with, with this story I think it's important that it tells us that they they did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after gain. So as you said, it's maybe not on the forefront. Maybe it was, mm -hmm. hey, these guys are qualified. Right. Everybody's seeing it through a certain lens, but they got that power. Right. And when they right. got that power and authority, mm -hmm. the gain of it. That's when everything that's triggered. when it right. and we you can't you can parent that, but you can't. Oh, that's the piece when they become an adult. You right. can't. You can't parent right. And that's what they where do it got that. super, super sensitive. Because as I was studying and as I was looking into this one particular element, everything that I found called Eli and Samuel bad parents. Mm. And, I, and and that's the most judgmental stance that you can take, right? Because just think about walking through the grocery store. And you see a kid laid out on the floor in, in one of the aisles throwing a tantrum because he can't get a box of Fruit Loops, right? And you see this mom and you just go, that was my kid. You know, I'd drag him out in the parking lot. I'd give him a beat and we'd walk back in there. If that was my kid, if that is so easy to stand on the outside and judge someone's parenting style mm. when you don't know the facts, right? And so that's what made it super sensitive. I wanted to approach it but I wanted to do it in a, in, a, in, a, in a place and provide a space where we weren't casting judgment on, on, on the listener's parenting styles, but also wanted to emphasize the importance of something that you say all the time, Tim, and, and you make it such a priority here for our pastoral team, is that your home is your first ministry. You can't be out in the street talking about saving souls, and you can't be participating in all of these areas. We've got families in the church that are serving till their wheels fall off, but half the family's at home hanging out, right? And yes, we love that there are people that are participating in the church, but your home is your ministry. And quite honestly, I think you would have it, and, I, and, and if I'm speaking out of turn, you tell me, but I think you would prefer that people stayed home and minister to their families rather than come out here and serve and leave their kids at home. It's important that this become a holistic thing. But everything we do... We say, bring we your emphasize, kids. Emphasize. We go to Straight Street, bring your kids with you. We go to the Bahamas, bring, bring your, your family kids. with you on a missions trip. So we try to incorporate that to keep that emphasis on, right. not just for you, but for them. And I think what, when you look at this story, is still the aspect of God already told them all these problems were coming when they got into the promised land. Right. He tells them in Deuteronomy 8, when you get into the promised land. And when you get your houses and your cattle grow, yeah, forget he all tells them me. whenever you gain something, mm -hmm. forget you about forget me. about me. Yes. Yeah. So this is just exactly really that. that perspective. Like you said, it's not ultimately bad parenting. It's the reality. This is what we need to be seeing. Not, not, Oh, am I a good parent or bad parent? Let me judge that for myself and don't right. judge me. It's the true reality that when things go well and we have what we want, we, we don't need God yeah. until we get back to, 
as Israel keeps doing, rock bottom, right. or we face the consequences of our choices because mm -hmm. we made the wrong ones apart from God. Right. So they now have gain. They have received things, and they don't need to walk with God anymore. And that's the reality of this, is there's so many people that they keep, they want, oh, God, I need you to bless me. God, I need you to give me peace. God, I need you to fix my marriage. Right. Then he answers those prayers, and then they don't need God. Then we get back. Until they get back stuff. to my marriage is on the rocks again. Mm -hmm. Or I don't need God in my family when we're having fun and enjoying all the fun things. Right. But I need God in my family when my kids are astray because I didn't take them to church or I didn't take them into God's word in my home. You know, And now I need them back. That's what's happening. They're gaining. Right. Therefore, God told them, you're going to get to this point. It's human nature. That when you get what you want, you don't think you need me any longer. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's why I referenced Psalm 78 when we spoke about um, the nation's insecurity, right? Their, their, their desire to conform. And, and it really boils down to Psalm 78 says is you forget you, you sit, you're sitting in a place and you've forgotten everything that I've done for you. It, it's, it's not important. You, you've forgotten all the miracles. You've forgotten all the things that I've done, how I fed you, how I released you from captivity, how I've done all of these things. You've forgotten the promises that I've made. And so now your eyes wander because as far as you're concerned, living day by day and forgetting the things of the past, I've done nothing for you. Right. And, and man, now you just look at God as a, think about being a parent and having your kids say that to you. You've got God looking at his children and they're like, you're not important to us, dad. What have you done for me lately? Kind of thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, he's hurt. So ultimately he says, okay. I'm going to give you what you want. But we get a glimpse of that in our kids. You buy them something. You take them out to eat. Two days later, you're back in line. I want this. Do you not forget I just got you this? <laughs> right? Because they're back to what I want. Right. So we see the glimpse in our children. We know what it feels like as a parent to try to remind them. Mm -hmm. Yet here's, you know, and Johnny will can move us forward here, is the reality of what you just said. There are parents that are sensitive right. to what is being taught because mm -hmm. they, they feel like they're being judged. However... I think that there's equally we're learning in life people that go, oh, that's not me. And that's what's happening with Israel. Right. right? It's always, that's not me. It's not me. That's not, that's, that's mm -hmm. not, that doesn't pertain to me. That's for somebody else. Right. And if you don't allow the word of God to be for you always in some area, mm -hmm. you're going to sit by passively and you're going to sit by apathetically. Right. And then you're going to find yourself in a spot where you're going, where's God? That's true. Mm -hmm. And that goes not just for parenting. I think it's a lot of lot of different things. All the areas of our All lives. Right? All the areas. Mm -hmm. And so you I mean, I love what you said. It's a it's a fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. So what we know about Eli is that he did nothing to stop his kids. Right. And so ultimately it was a freeze. Mm -hmm. It was a guilt, shame, and fear that found him in a similar circumstance. Right. And we learned that our insecurities make us ineffective. Right. I thought that was powerful. That's that's the part. It's funny, you know. I, I joked about the bear coming at us, right? And, yeah. and and you know they'll tell you, oh, when you if a bear is charging or an animal's charging at you, drop and mm. just don't move. I don't know a lot of people are going to do that, right? Right? That, that yeah. it just doesn't sound like I want to get as far away from danger as I can, right? But the internal freeze is is a lot more. Um, it's a lot more subjective in that. It happens because we don't know how to respond to what's happening, right? You know, I think of parents who have kids that, that are addicted, you know, to, to some substance or, or something like that, right? You raise these kids up, you know, you have this. I still remember my oldest son. I still remember dropping him off to school his first day at kindergarten. I remember the color of the backpack. I remember, you know, now, now he's 17, right? But I still see that baby. And now you see things happening in your adult children's lives that you would have never imagined, that you had prayed against, that you had hoped would never happen. But you don't see an adult child. You see that little kindergartner. How, where did I go? It, it, couldn't possibly be the child, right? Now they're adult child. They can make their own decisions. But you're stuck with, what did I do? What do I do now? Mm. You know, if I help them, will it make it worse? If, if I do nothing, does that make me an even worse parent? Like, 
you're stuck in this indecisiveness and you don't know what to do. So, but the freeze, and I, and again, I said the way it reads, it looks like Eli was just throwing his hands up in the air and just saying, all right, God, you know, you do, you, you deal with them. I, I got nothing left. But the reality I think is if we, if we looked at it and we connected ourselves with it, especially, you know, not everybody is sitting is, is a parent, right? So they're going to find these things out as they move along in their life. But I think if you saw your kids, you know, you've got two adult kids right now. Like I got mine working on one. You're, you, you're, 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 you're in the last place here, right? But you'll get there. And I see my kids making mistakes. There comes a time when they don't want to hear what we have to say. And we can't interject because they don't want to know what we have to give them, mm. right? So we kind of have to rest in, I did all I could. And God's word doesn't return void. And prayerfully, they will turn around. But that's not always the case. But it doesn't mean it doesn't stop us in our tracks. And we're at a loss as to how to approach certain situations. And I think that's really where Eli was. Um, and I just have to believe that. Not because I want to believe it, but because everything in his life up to that would imply that that's not the kind of person that he was, that he would just tap out and just be like, nah, these kids are bums. Let God deal with them. You know, especially when God told him what he was going to do for him to still be able to make that statement and say, well, it's God, let him do what he wants to do. What seems good to him. I, I, I felt just painful resignation in that, in, in that verse, wow. you know, when he said that. Wow. So, and so we find ourselves in 1 Samuel 8, 6. Uh, but the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. Mm -hmm. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. Verse 7. And the Lord said to Samuel, obey the voice of the, pe uh, of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. And then verse 8, according to all the deeds that they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt. Here we go again, that right. continued statement, right? Reminding them, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are also doing, they're doing it to you. And so what they knew, God's plan is that they would live a life that would be desirable to other nations, but here they are looking at other nations desiring what right, they have. What they have. Right. Yeah. And and again, that was just another perspective that I think is super, super important, especially for our young, our young members in our church. Mm. For our, our teenagers, our young adults, you know, where the pull of the world is so much more enticing than than obedience to God. Right? And my perspective, what I was trying to promote right there is that a lot of, a lot of us, and, I, and I'm going to include us in it, a lot of us fall short, right? That's what Roman says, right? You guys ever see that picture and, and, and it comes across Facebook and stuff like that all the time with the two guys with the pickaxe, you know, and they're, and they're underground. I don't know yeah, if you've ever I, seen it. And then one guy turns back and he's like a foot away from all the diamonds. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. the other guy on top is... Right, that's kind of how I how I view the the nation of Israel here. Right, it's it's God has this abundant blessing, this abundant life in store for you, but you never see it because you always stop. Right, and it goes back to what we were saying: when things are great, we stop. When things are are problematic, then we lean in, and it's that back. We have no consistency. Mm. In, in, in our desire to follow God because most of the times our desires out of desperation, right? Our desires out of something that's wrong. So it says, you know, celebrate them in the storm, celebrate them in the sun. Well, we're really just there in the storms. And then once the sun comes out, then we go play, you know? And so that's kind of what happened is that, that the nation of Israel never experienced the fullness of God's blessing because they never worked in the fullness of their level of obedience, mm. And I so they constantly got punished for it. I think there's a perspective in this in mm -hmm. that keeping it in context, right? right? So let's see it in the setting mm -hmm. and, and take this snapshot because I think even going back to, like you said, some parents are like, I've done all that I could do. Right. I can rest in that, right? Mm -hmm. But you still have to evaluate what that all I can do really was or looked like. 
the nation of Israel, God tells them from the time of Egypt, right. you know the stories, you know the miracles, right. you, you have festivals that mm-hmm. you celebrate, you have 613 commands. So there is an infrastructure around right. to keep you focused on God. Mm-hmm. There's judges, there's, you know, there's leaders. Right. So there is a point where you go, you have been surrounded by this. Mm-hmm. If you choose to go the other way, I've done all I can do. Right. Right. It's right. kind of like sometimes we feel as pastors, like mm-hmm. we keep showing you in scripture this, we keep counseling you, we keep, you know, having a lunch or breakfast with you because of this situation you're going mm. through, but you don't really want to obey or follow any of that. Right. That's way different than God's not really in your home. Right. It's mm-hmm. only occasionally there on a Sunday. Yes. Or you have your quiet time, but you don't really bring God into the conversation with your kids around the table. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's a reality of evaluating all I can do versus have I really, yes. right? So for them, there could be that, like you live in this infrastructure of we live different, we eat mm-hmm. different, we dress different, we celebrate different, we right. we marry different, we and then we have this story from Egypt right. that's constantly being told to us. Mm-hmm. It's easier to look at someone and go, you have all of that. There's no reason you should be. Right. You know, there's no reason you shouldn't be following this. I've done all I can do. Versus for some of us, we haven't done all we can do. Right. Now we come back to that moment of, at any point in your life, you never stop parenting. So repent and start. Start now. Yes. Right? Start right now with the right foot forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. I love what you said. Uh, You you wanted to continue? No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. But it's plain and simple. If anything becomes more fundamental than God to your happiness, right. meaning in life, and identity, then it is an idol. Yes. My boy, Tim Keller. Yeah. May and so that, that's <laughs> flat out. I mean, Phenomenal. that is what it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And so examine your life. Right. If there is something else that is above God, yeah. and so you're going to see it in these these factors. And that quote comes from a book called Consequences of God, right? That that Tim Keller wrote. Mm. So we can't say it any better than that. There are consequences for the decisions you make in your life, right? We say so you get what you ask for. You get yep. what you ask for, right? Now, it's funny. You talked about the infrastructure, right? But the most important part of the infrastructure for the nation of Israel was that they remove themselves, that when they, when they come into this land— that they don't leave anybody that was in it before behind. Correct. Right? You don't get rid of everybody. This is just supposed to be your playground. No outsiders involved. But they didn't do that. First mistake. Right? So now the influence that's 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 taking root in their lives, they allowed in. Mm, so now you have influence. to look at it. You say this all the time. What are you allowing into your home that's taking root yeah. and, and messing with And how many people get mad about God wants to, Oh, they get oh, so We talk mad. about TV shows and movies yeah. and video games, and I have grown adults come. It's just this, leave it alone. Right. And, like, and I'm sitting here going, put your spiritual goggles on. Yes. Like that's all I want to say is like mm-hmm. put your spiritual goggles sure. on for a second. We are almost spoon-feeding you things to go, Guard yourself from this. Yes. And you want to fight against why you should be allowed to go see it. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is because it's no different. Right. They want a king. Why? Like all the nations. Like everybody else. So if we say, hey, you know what? This movie is going to teach your kids an ideology against God. Mm-hmm. What do they come back and say? All the other people are going to see it. Right. All my kids' friends are going to see it. Mm-hmm. So we have to. We're living and repeating and echoing Israel in that moment. Yes. All the other nations are doing it. Why can't I do it? I'm looking last night. This is just how I live my life and all my feeds because it gives me stuff to look into spiritually. Right. There's this new video game, Diablo, coming out, which obviously means devil. Right. The cover of it is just a big, huge demon. And there's people right now listening go, I play that game, right? Right. I'm just telling you, I wouldn't play the game and I wouldn't allow my kids to play the game and I wouldn't allow it in my home simply for the fact of what it entails. But you're killing the bad guy. Never mind. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But there's a huge billboard in in Times Square with this demon, Mm. with the game promoting it. And it literally says, welcome to hell. 
oh on my it. Gosh. So it's like the the message well, I mean, is to be fair, it's Times Square. Now you you can it's accurate. You can play like well, it's it's fantasy. It's not a game. Hey, stop allowing this stuff in yeah. your home, right? right? Stop justifying it. Well, everyone else is playing it online. Yeah. You sound just like Israel. All the other nations are doing it. At some point, you draw the line of the sand. You go, that doesn't happen in my home. That doesn't get watched in my home. Mm-hmm. That doesn't get listened to in my home. Those words aren't allowed to be spoken in my home. Right. Like, when do you actually lock the door and guard the home? Mm-hmm. That's the question spiritually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or do you think you can have God and this? Right. And then wonder why you're not looking back with regret going, where did I go wrong? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, the analogy I think about is when I used to live in Milwaukee, uh, we, we, we played, we were in Lake Michigan and you, you it, it was cold and the lake freezes over but there's a point in the season where there's certain parts that are thinner than others right and so you're you go through you take one step you're like oh, i'm good you, you take the next step you're like oh i'm good milwaukee and then like I'm and then you hit that, that thin ice <laughs> and you're like man you know like oh my gosh i i guess i you know I shouldn't have been walking in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I feel like with a lot of people, that's kind of the way they treat their uh, just how they go about in life. Right. Like, oh, I saw this movie and my life is still fine. Let me take go another step. Further. Oh, Oops, I uh, went too far. My it's kid did that. Nothing really occurred coming off of that. All right, cool. Oh, let me. And then it's like, but you're building something. Mm. That is ultimately uh, not on a solid foundation, and it's, it's going to come down and crumble. And then you're going to wonder, what was those things? What was the main thing that caused this thing to just right. come crashing down? It may not have been a main that. thing. It was a series of blows that you allowed, cracks on the wall that you didn't patch, you didn't do, and it allowed just slowly flooding in your house right. until you had, no, you had nothing until else. You, you lost lesson, it. Right? So, yeah. so it's like you, you can read every statistic about tablets and kids. Right. Right? It's like getting a cigarette pack that says this thing will kill you and people still smoke them. Like we yeah. go to Brazil <laughs> yeah. and in Brazil by law on the cigarette pack, they have pictures of dead you bodies. You got to see them. It's by wow. law. It's gross. So it's you like, buy this thing with wow. a picture of a dead body it. on it Yeah, You're and then you still smoke it. Like it can't oh get dumber than that. Yeah. Cool pic, right? bro. Yeah. So yeah. now <laughs> we have statistics about what tablets are doing to kids. Yeah. And because it hasn't happened to us yet, or in your home yet. Exactly. It isn't you think home. that you're invincible. You're exactly. And so like, but I have two older ones. Mm-hmm. So I've watched their patterns that I don't always agree with that some I can't break because I was not aware in the moment, but I got right. a 10 year old. Now she's mad. Hey, sissy, when she was 10, got her first iPod. Why don't I get mine? Right. Cause I'm not making the same mistake twice. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning, That's but good. then I stand up and I pass that on to the people like, Hey, you need to guard that. And they're like, don't judge me. That you're being judged. Hey, I'm trying to tell you yeah. cause I'm ahead of you Right. where this is going to take your home. However, it's Israel. We don't want to listen to that. Mm-hmm. No. I want to do me. Right. And therein lies, do you want to be discipled, learn and grow? Do you want to see your, your, your family go further than you dreamed or imagined? Right. Then surround yourself with wisdom and advice and counsel from those who are walking trying to walk the right path and have lived through some of those experiences. I'm going to stay with my marriage mentors in two weeks. They've been my marriage mentors for about 16 years of my marriage, 17 years of my 23 years of marriage. And still I will sit with him and we will talk about marriage because mm-hmm. he's about 15 years in front of me. Right. And that's how it began. And it's, I'm learning from someone in front of me mm-hmm. so that I can bring that back into my home. Right. And that is something spiritually we have lost. We have lost it. We don't want to surround ourselves with accountability. We know it all. Yeah. And therefore, we don't want to go learn from somebody yeah. spiritually. You said yeah. that last week about, you know, being led and, and who who's leading you and what's Correct. leading you. You spoke yeah. about that. And yeah. yeah. I wrote that down. That was a really good one. Good yeah. One. And so, you know, Google is our answer to everything, right? I mean, that's that's the ultimate uh, thing. <laughs> right. But, uh, but listen, here we, here we are once again, First Samuel 8 and 19. But the people mm. refused. There we go. Right. Choice. Choice Choice. being made Mm -hmm. to obey the voice of Samuel. They said, no, but there shall be a king over us. We want a king. Doesn't matter what you say. Um, And then it goes on in verse 20 that we may also be like all the nations. And that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. 
just doesn't make sense. God's been doing that for been you. Doing exactly <laughs> that. Right. And right. you're asking for something that has been done for you. You have stories that have been told to you uh, time and time again of his way of mm-hmm. getting you out of circumstances, but you still want to continue uh, to follow the ways of other nations. So what what we what do we learn? God expects the best from us because he has his best for us. Right. Right. And so it was about the fight response, right? And it's fighting for what you want versus what you need. Mm. Leaders take you where you need to go, not where you want to not go. Not where you want to that's go, good. right? And so that's exactly what, 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 what's happening right now. They're looking around and they go, this is what we want. Because if we had a king, we wouldn't get beat up on time and time and time again. Remember, this is 120, 150 years through the book of Judges mm. of just beat down after beat down, but not understanding that, the beatdown is becoming because God lifts his hand off of you in, mm. in, in, because of your rebellion. It's not because you didn't have a king. It's because your king was punishing you for your behavior, right? But no, it couldn't possibly be us. It has to be him. And so we want a man. We want flesh and blood in front of us. And now here's the second part of our problem is we so much desire to worship creation over the creator because we want something tangible. Mm. Even if it's just okay and God is great, at least this is here. I can see it. It's right before us. It's right before us. Yeah. It's right here. It's right now. That's what the golden calf was. And that's what we want. Yeah. Well, the, the amazing thing in this story is just this connection. And this is what this podcast is for, mm-hmm. for those that are wanting to just kind of unwrap this for a moment. God always told them, here's the promise and here's the consequence. Right. So it's been given to you beforehand. Right. It's like telling your kid, if you do this, we're going to go out and do this. If you do this, this is going to be your punishment. And they still choose the thing not to do. And they know the punishments that coming, right? Right. Like just the other day, I went to my daughter and I said, if you do this again, this is your punishment. I'm taking this away for three days. Right. Now you know the punishment up front if you choose to do this Mm. again. Right. When they ask for the king, God tells them, this this king that you want, this is what he's going to do. He's going to take you to war. He's going to take a tenth of all that you own. Right. He's going to take your servants and make them his servants. Yep. He tells them what's going to happen when mm-hmm. you get a king, right? Mm-hmm. So then they go, we don't care. Give us a king. Give us a king. But here's right. here's the, the amazing thing. If you go back to Deuteronomy chapter 7, mm-hmm. so this is nation of Israel come out of Egypt, get ready to go to the promised land. They've been given the laws and commandments of God. This is where he tells them, go into the land, like we said, no one's supposed to be there. Right. Don't intermarry with them. Mm-hmm. Don't, 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 don't connect with them. Don't be like the nations, which is what we're hearing them say. I want to be like the nations. Right. And then he tells them, if you do these things down in verse 12 and listen to these rules, listen to what he says. I will keep my covenant of steadfast, steadfast love that I swore to your fathers. Mm-hmm. How he, I will love you, bless you, multiply you. I will bless the fruit of your room, the womb, the fruit of your ground, your grain, your wine, your oil, increase your herds, your young and flock in the land that I swore to your fathers. You shall be a blessed people among all. He keeps going on about their livestock. Right. He promised you're going to get all this stuff mm-hmm. if you listen to me. They turn around and go, we don't want to listen to you. We want our own king. And he says, this king's going to take, take away all your stuff. Everything that I gave so you. So everything, <laughs> I, this is back to your statement. You, I'm going to give the best to you. Right. I'm actually going to give this to you in faithfulness because mm-hmm. I made a covenant. Yeah. You're going to choose something else, so therefore he's going to take it away from you. Right. I'm letting you know what I gave you he will take away from you, and they are dumb enough to say, give us the king. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is what we have to learn in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Are we repeating these things? Yeah. When we see this, are we the dumb people going, yes, but I don't care. Yeah. Yes, but I want to. Yes, but I'm doing it anyways. True, yes, man. but I love this person more than I love God. Mm. Yes, but I want to date this person more than I want to follow God's way. Yes, but I want my kids to be happy over God's faithfulness and promise. Right. Like we play that game and we often choose the other way right. and we get what we ask for. He told them, you're going to get this if you're asking for this. Right. 
And they said, give it to us. Give it to us. Yeah. And so they get Jeez. the whitewashed fence, right? Like right. the Tom Sawyer analogy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they get. Yeah. Right. So I, I told PJ, I was like, brother, this is like two messages in one. <laughs> it is. Because you, there's so much to unpack even before we even get to, to Saul, you know? Like this is literally now we're getting into Saul, guys. So uh, yeah, yeah. Like I guess... Um, Get ready. Here we go. Right. Uh, but First Samuel nine one. I mean, this is now the introductory yeah. of their pretty much the the Israelites' request of a king. Right. And so now uh, there was a man of Benjamin whose name uh, was Kis, the son of Abiel, son of Zerar, son of Becherah, son of Aphid, and a Benjamite, a man of wealth. Yes. Wow. Say that a couple right. times in a row. Right. 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 Um, but. There we are. It's an introductory now. Of you just said them in Spanish. I said them no in whatever you. language. Spanglish. I rolled my R's and you everything, can do whatever bro. You want. You're like, okay, yeah. He's got that. The Puerto Rican from Wisconsin walking on ice, listen, reading the names, rolling his R. Listen, I am. Uh, my my life is. Um, in all directions, but exactly. it all comes together in God. <laughs> it don't make sense, but I don't know. God called me, and that's all that matters. But First Samuel uh, nine two, and he had a son whose name was Saul. Right, a handsome young man. Mm-hmm. There was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than him. Right, uh, and in verse uh, verse two continues, from his shoulders upward, he was taller than any. Of the people, I I find it fascinating that uh, in these this, these two verses, or describing him seemed more in the physical side of things, it's right? Like it's almost the like bachelor, right? it's almost <laughs> like God was like, okay, here you go, here's a nice Look looking gentleman right before home. you. He got good <laughs> hair. He does CrossFit, yeah. <laughs> but there is no like spirit, anything like nothing. Inside, like he was a wise person, or he he was this, or p- possessed these qualities in in his his lifestyle and character, and no, everything is physical. Everything is uh, the on the attractive eye, right? right? Hey, hold on, and, but that's what Ru- the Israelites asked for. Ruth two point oh, yeah. Listen, let's go back. I was gonna say, hold on. <laughs> this is how we want our kids to date. Oh, I was just gonna. Can put we a, land there for a second? Can we? What do we do? Oh, he's cute. He's nice. Does he know the Lord? He's a good guy. Yeah. He shows up at church from time to time. Come she on, looks man. good. Come she's on. pretty. She says that she Makes she attends a church type of a deal. We look for all the outward, none of the inward, and then we settle there. Right. And this is the problem with our kids, and this is a problem with the generation. It's a problem with many people as to why they got into relationships the way so. that they did, because we got into the relationship all the on the physical reasons. and the outward, yeah. and not on the inward. And it's not being taught. Mm-hmm. It's not being taught to our kids. And and my my daughter right now, you know, she's in college, so she's like, Dad, you still can't be the Rocky dad. That's like. Hey, show up, Rambo dad, show up my house and there's a gun barrel pointing at you. Like, <laughs> you know, because that's how she feels. But there's a side of me of protection. That's my job. Yeah. I am not dumb to the fact that she's going to meet a guy she's going to date. Mm-hmm. But my question is, I want to know, does this guy love God more than you? Mm-hmm. That's going to be my mm-hmm. first testing mm-hmm. point. The same for my son with his girlfriend right now. I want to know that ultimately she loves God more than she loves you. Right. Because that's going to carry your marriage to everlasting, mm-hmm. right? That, nice. that's, that's the first litmus test. It's not good, cute, handsome, right. pretty, Damn attends God, church time. They're nice. They don't do a lot of bad things. You've already, like the nation of Israel, been sucked in to the world around you. Mm-hmm. And that has to change. So right. parents that are listening right now, students that are dating, stop playing this game. Yeah. Stop yeah. doing it. You got to elevate your standards, right? Let's go. So, like you said, there was nothing in this text that talked about his spiritual discernment. The actual, actually, it did, because, and that's why we had to go back to Judges twenty, because when we looked at where the tribe that he comes from, as a tribe, as as a small nation, the tribe of Benjamin, they did some shady stuff. You know, they they did they accepted probably one of the most heinous acts in the book of Judges, right? And that was that, well, you know, 
Kind of but your sins don't just affect language, you, right? Your sins but affect your sins those around affect you and those after you. Yes. Yeah. So, so we don't have time to talk about generational right. sins and curse, but at the same time, we have to understand our it choices matter. Impact. It has an impact. It has and an it impact. has had an impact in the story. And you have Saul, which we can't get there because we talk about David next week. Right. But this is this at least this description mm-hmm. already sets you up for David and Goliath in the sense of because yes. we're not unpacking that story right. on a Sunday. And the fact that there was no one as big as Goliath. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a second. Saul was the tallest, biggest, strongest in the whole land. He's the king. Right. And he won't fight Goliath. And he won't fight him. And a little boy shows up with a slingshot, shepherd boy. Yep. So it shows you that the outward appearance doesn't, if it doesn't, you know, really display what's inside. Right. And this is what we're beginning to find out about this king they've asked for mm-hmm. and disobedience to God. Right. Yeah. That's the truth, man. And so we're... We, we dive at early on stages of, of his life and in, in where now Samuel's basically now um, we're going through the uh, kind of the, the time of celebration, crowning him. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of um, back to kind of uh, self-perception. Right. Um, it kind of ties in now with who Saul really saw himself. Right. And right? so Saul does not see himself as a king, mm. not see himself as a leader. He, he doesn't see himself as anything that he knows this nation is going to require of him. Wow. Um, and he's afraid. He's, he's terrified. Yeah. And so at the, at the ordination, he's hiding, literally trying to run and like talk about last minute, right? <laughs> like wow. it's the day of, and he's hiding out behind some suitcases because he just cannot, willingly and courageously or confidently step into this role and and he goes missing and then again just a really comical part of of the text is the people don't go looking for him they ask the god who they are about to retire essentially hey hey god by the way one one last little bit of help here where's that king we asked for we can't find him and God, there he is. He's he's hiding. Tells him again. This is what, this is what you're asking for. Is what I'm gonna give you. Wow. And they find him hiding. Clean him up, I guess. I mean, again, just picturing it is really kind of a comical it scene, comical, right? Yeah. And then they all stand and they cheer. Long live the king! You know yeah. that later on down in 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 First Samuel eight, yeah. uh, chapter ten. And so essentially, they they see the misgivings. It it doesn't rattle them, doesn't phase them, doesn't make them go, maybe we should, you know, table this right now and, mm. and, and, and maybe look for somebody better. Nope. This is the guy. This is who we want. And so again, you get what you ask for. And it's all up front. And it's all up front. You've there been told. No surprise. And now you see, you know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. And this will be his story. Right. Because his insecurities at the beginning will be his demise at the end. 100%. He will chase King David down mm-hmm. full of insecurity to kill him mm-hmm. so he can't become king. Right. Even at what the the price of his own son. His own son. Mm-hmm. Right? Who who tells him not to do this? Yeah. Because of his friendship with David. Right. Wow. And this insecurity that you get at the beginning of this king you asked for that God said don't do that. Mm-hmm. Now this will be the story that you will live under. And we have been saying this throughout this never ending story. You get what you ask for Mm -hmm. people. You want more of God, seek him, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Draw close to God. He will draw close to you. You don't, you want your own path. You will get what you ask for. Yeah, that's the truth. And so you can't do what God calls you to do if you don't become who he created you to be. And you know, that, that particular note, you know, I wanted to end with because it really trickles back through the entire message, right? Mm-hmm. That 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 phrase holds true for Eli, for Samuel. So for parents, it holds true for for the nation of Israel and for us as as worshipers, as, as Christians in this world. For Saul, for those called into leadership, that's whether you're called to lead your home, lead your children lead in areas of ministry. Tim, you actually told me that. I don't know if you remember this a long time ago when I, when I was going to leave teaching to start straight street full time. And you told me a lot of different things, but one of the things you laughed at was that my business card 
It didn't say director. It didn't say founder. It said key facilitator. And then you were like, why did you put that on your business card? And I'm like, well, because this is God's ministry. And, 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 he, and you were like, no, but he called you to lead it. And if you don't accept the role that he's placed, you know, this job, if you don't receive all that goes through with it, then you're never going to be who you're supposed to be in it. And I'll never forgot that. And so, yeah, so I changed wow. my business cards and whatever. Nice. But you actually told me something very, very similar to that. Maybe 10. Yes, I did. 10 plus <laughs> years ago. You did. You don't I'm even know. But, but that, definitely but that, it, but no that's the what. truth of it. And, and so, you know, there's truth in that is that we have to step into confidence. And, and, yeah. and you're going you're gonna to read that soon into, into what, you know, God has called us to do, whether that to be the best parent we could be the best coworker. It doesn't matter what area of our life. We have to step into that role and recognize that we are all appointed to a purpose. You know? Yeah. That's I good hope. stuff, dude. You did great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Great and so, I mean, like you said, we finished off with a Charles Spurgeon a quote that said, mm-hmm. cast yourself simply on Jesus. Let nothing but faith be in your soul towards Jesus. Believe in him and trust him, and you shall never be made ashamed of your confidence Your confidence that's right so don't fake it till you make it yeah you know trust in god and then make your mistakes until you make it yeah you know ultimately that's what it is that is you know yeah. learn but learn you know yeah and, and so this was fantastic because this is literally the behind the scenes of yeah. the message yeah, you know good. like that's all good. of the different parts that we have to chip away and, and yeah. bring down into this 30, 32, it's good. 33 minutes, well, 35 this, minute uh, message. This, <laughs> That's why we do this. This two-part yeah. series. Exactly. <laughs> two part, this we're double rolling. podcast here. We're, we're like, hop, skip, hold on. Here, ready? <laughs> Listeners, watchers, there's no way we can put you two in the same room. <laughs> no way ever have the longest podcast we've ever recorded. I'm just crazy. Man, I'll, done, I'll be honest. I've never saw myself like, like this, like the guy that can, that's got so much to say. Like right. I always just ask Jennifer. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, it just, I don't know. I, it's unexplainable. Yeah. I, I never saw that coming, yeah. but it's just always, um, yeah, I love it, man. It's like, funny it's, because it's you know, podcasts it. are typically supposed to be shorter. If, yeah. if you look at them, but this is different because this is not, this isn't light subject. This isn't culture. This isn't sports. This is, this is God's word. This has, you know, influence and impact again for generations. And so it's not something, even though we laugh and we joke and we clown around, it's not something that we take lightly, you know? And so it does deserve, can we cut it short? Yeah. But with that, what would that ultimately rob? It would rob of, the impact of God's word, not just in, in, in our listeners' lives, but I think what you see, it's in ours. Yeah. This is discipleship, right? This, this is, is a piece. This isn't the mm-hmm. only discipleship exactly. of what we do as pastors, but this is for our, the people of Genesis and then outsiders Beyond. that are right. like, Hey, I'm reading the Bible and mm-hmm. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Hey, we just want to take you further into the story, yep. open up some things, make them real and relevant at the same time, right. unpack some of the culture and the context of these real people and real places at real time. Right. So we're helping disciple you on your journey of faith mm-hmm. so that you understand the Bible. You don't have to listen to this, right? but you can That's come true. listen to this and you can jog to this and you can commute in the car with this on or whatever it takes and make this a part of, hey, I'm learning God's word, and here's some pastors at this church on the east side of Orlando, Florida, that are spending you know, an hour plus a week mm-hmm. taking a story and unwrapping it so that I can learn more about this. Right. That's what we exist That's for. fantastic. Hey, hope you like and it. if you are, are wanting more additional content, because, I mean, this is part of that additional content, but we also have a website, uh, genesischurchorlando.com backslash the story. You can find everything there um, as far as our you know links and a lot of resources available for you to be able to just to continue that conversation with us uh, of Scripture as we go on. Or you can hit me on my pager. 
Let's go. <laughs> oh, it's, been a, it's been a treat to have Pastor PJ with us. He's amazing. Um, it's been it's been a while since we've gotten to hear him, so I'm so thankful that we got to hear him this past Sunday. But again, guys, thank you for tuning in. We're so excited that you guys were just able to spend this time with us. Once again, check us out on YouTube backslash at Post Sunday Podcast and Post Sunday Co- Podcast across Twitter. TikTok and Instagram. We're on all we social platforms. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And moving forward, uh, we want to we want to actually spend. Uh, I'm going to post it up. I didn't, I didn't share this with y'all, but I, I want to at least get some questions from people. So, I got a text this week mm-hmm. uh, from someone and said, "Hey, I got questions." So that that is something that's happening. Right. We are inviting them. Send them to yeah. us. Tell them how to send it to us. But let's let's get those. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll have a post up here soon. Uh, uh, just some things that maybe if you know episode one, you just still have some questions on. I know my wife talked about some things in uh, early on in the episodes, and so hit us up. We wanna we wanna at least shout out a couple different questions throughout the pod moving forward, and we can and help you guys out in that in that way. So thank you guys again. We love you. We hope to see you guys back here next week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.